Dark Wings. Dark Words. A Game of Thrones podcast. Season 8, Episode 1. Winterfell. Welcome back, one and all, to White White Don't Tell Me, the Game of Thrones podcast where the audience reacts positively to the new episode or doesn't. To the, especially to the title. I mean, what a great one. Well, I'm your host, Chuck Davis, and with me this season are Craig McCallie, Chris Voorhees, Mike Hergert. Well, gang. I just, uh, right before arriving here at the podcast pavilion in Craig McCallie's house, um, I just completed like a three-week rewatch of the entire run of the series. Basically, with a couple small exceptions, my my only rewatch of anything since the show's been on. And uh, it's kind of awesome to just have everything super fresh, going back to the... First four seasons, I was just elated and way more fired up about the show, and uh, I connected with it more just having had some distance from it and not just being in the mindset of critiquing every little thing that differed from the books, and I could just watch it for its own merits and kind of get the emotional pull of of uh, all the great moments that happen. And then the next couple seasons, kind of, you know, my enthusiasm started to diminish again. But that did reset my expectations and ramp right into the state of things going into this last season. Um, so, yeah, I think just this weekend I've watched like five hours of this show, <laughs> which is great. And I, I just loved actually diving right into this season because everything, the characters and their mindsets and where they're at was all super fresh in my mind. And, and they seem to be picking up all the right threads that were dangling at the tail end of season seven. Um, but also staging kind of where everyone's at and where the characters are at mentally, um, getting ready to face off against the army of the dead. And, uh, I thought it was cool. And the opening sequence with the young boy climbing sort of, um, a parallel to totally, totally looked like a flashback. And then they. It did. I mean, I was you almost, know. yeah, I was almost like, is Bran watching himself as a young boy? Is this <laughs> right. a vision? Bran's climbing. And I, it was very satisfying to kind of watch Arya's, uh, how would you characterize her uh, expression as she's watching the armies come up? And the Unsullied are doing the Unsullied shuffle. She has, she has several expressions there. She's initially seems apprehensive about the foreign army coming to Winterfell, but the fact that the foreign army includes all these characters that she hasn't seen in a long time and has had very um, close experiences with. So you got the Hound, you have Gendry, 
you have Jon Snow all showing up again. Yeah. And I've her not of, having seen any of those characters for quite a while. Several few seasons. Yeah, she hasn't least. seen Jon since the... First season. First episode. First episode. The, uh, really? First season. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I kind of caught a glimpse of sort of satisfaction and pride, I think, when she saw Jon. And then kind of apprehension about can I reach out can I should I say hi and looking disappointed when she realizes that opportunity had passed and then she kind of just um regards that hound pretty mm. um is he still on the list emotionlessly he's not on the list no. she, and she even says something about he's not on my list anymore oh, right uh when she's talking she to she had her chance to kill him and passed it up yeah she could have, yeah. I mean, she could have killed him when she left him to die, basically. Right. Getting getting off her list without getting killed is a, is a feat. It's good <laughs> I mean, for him. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a cop out. She didn't choose to save him, but she didn't choose to kill him. She just decided she didn't. Wasn't want he pissed that she didn't kill him? He was like, I, or, or was that Brienne? I'm Brienne no, no, no. Was, she uh, found him later, and he, he's like, "Come on, finish me off." Yeah. Right. He tried. You're going to leave I remember me. Remember, we debated as to whether. Her leaving him was an act of mercy mm-hmm. or an act of uh, middle this finger. Is even yeah, like yeah. I'm gonna just let you die in pain. I don't think it was either one. I think it was more like she was just didn't um, care. Didn't care. She was ready to move on. She uh, she realized she didn't have any animas- animosity towards him anymore. Mm. Neither did she have any compassion. Right. She was just done with completely ambivalent. Twas pity that stayed her hand. Probably, probably not. (laughs) No, she's pitiless. Do little finger. (laughs) Well, it wasn't, but okay. (laughs) I think he was. Whatever you're doing, it always comes across like little finger. (laughs) That's just how I talk. (laughs) (laughs) And then she sees Gendry, and she seems genuinely gleeful mm, yeah Giddy. i wonder why that is they're gonna hook up yeah is that what sensing I, I think that's what stephanie was right she's down, still pretty yeah. Yeah. yeah she's yeah. still pretty yeah it doesn't yeah. matter in this universe i guess <laughs> so they'll, they'll, at least, yeah. they'll at least share a kiss in the show should we talk about our brackets yeah yeah since, <laughs> since mike mentioned it we so um stephanie vogue brown our, our friend who and sometimes podcast participant mm-hmm, mm-hmm found on reddit somebody had kind of made a, a game of thrones season eight predictions sheet with a list of about 30 names of all the kind of major players uh, with columns for lives dies or becomes a white so you can check <laughs> off everybody you think is gonna gonna make it or have uh, a dark fate on the show and then uh, a couple of um specific questions like in the end who will sit on the iron throne will winterfell be destroyed is Cersei pregnant? Is Daenerys pregnant? Who well, wins the Clegane Bowl? Who wins? <laughs> yep. Who is Azor Ahai? Um, will King's Landing be destroyed? Who kills the Night King? Who is the Night King, really? And who kills Cersei with choices Jamie, Arya, or other slash nobody? What's the difference between Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man? Really? <laughs> <laughs> A ribbon? Pink bow, and it's a, a lot faster. Yeah. Sorry for the Mike Myers reference. <laughs> Still you should be. 25 years sure later. where that was coming from. <laughs> we'll edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then there's a spot for other predictions for bragging rights slash tiebreakers. So I think we're all going to 
throw a dollar in a little pool and play this off like an Oscar ballot and just kind of see how we all make out. And um, So did anybody have a strategy for filling out their predictions? No. You know, I, 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 the first few names, Jon Snow, Arya Stark, Sansa Stark, Bran Stark, I, I wanted my instinct was to say lives, lives, lives. I, and I realized as I was going down the list, just everybody I like, I wanted them to live and everybody I hate, yes. I wanted them to die. But uh, now I had seen online um, someone speculating because there's a, a teaser trailer that came out where you can see Arya running away from some lumbering figure down in the crypts beneath Winterfell, uh, like running for her life. And um, someone speculated that that was Brienne having been turned into a white. And that just stuck in my head, and I was like, uh, I'll, I'll go with that. Because going down the list, I was like, I don't really know if any of these people are going to be whites. But I went ahead and bought into that one, and uh, I threw Euron Greyjoy on there as a white because <laughs> he's a worthless piece of shit. I, I mean, I started out with a strategy of maximizing audience trauma. Not therefore, bad. Not killing bad. any characters that we have any emotional connection to. In true Martin form. But by halfway through filling out my sheet, sentimentality took over, and I and I couldn't kill but, off. Everybody. Well, and then you said Cersei lives, so your favorite. Did you go character. back and adjust yeah. when you had a change of heart, or you just I, changed the? I did rest adjust of the list. some, yes. Okay. Although Cersei has to die, she must die. If she does not suffer the most gruesome and uncomfortable death in the history of filmed media i'll be disappointed so wouldn't yeah. the most gruesome outcome for cersei be to um be die uh, at under... the hands of the mountain no to to get the mountain treatment from quiburn Ooh, ooh, that'd be good that's about ooh. the worst fate yeah. i could think of for her but she'd still be walking and lumbering around and she <laughs> needs to be dead no that's no good i i hear you but i mean that just gives other people a chance that she could get killed twice that way so, you know, mm, yeah, well, that's a little so, added yeah. satisfaction. I like where you're going at first. If she could get the, uh, what was the, uh, oh, what do they call the, what do they call the priestesses? Uh, the, uh, si- the, the, the silent, silent sisters? sisters? Yeah. But what do they call? Because the one that was, uh, that was taunting uh, Cersei all the time, Shame. she basically oh. gives her to the, Shame. she gives her to the hound and she, oh yeah, <laughs> we don't see it, but. The assumption is she gets raped by the undead hound. So that's a good start for Cersei's... Undead mountain. Uh, yes, mountain. right. Yes. It's got to be It's got to be ugly. It's it could be, be pretty bad. It's got to be cruel. I checked the Jamie box, but I did, that wasn't a thought in my head until as I saw it. As dying or it, becoming a white? As the person who kills Cersei. Oh. Just because it was on the sheet, and I was like, well, okay, there's a poetic justice to that. <laughs> yeah. And in this episode... I mean, I mean, we can get to it if we want to go through the, the scenes, but there's a there's you can see that Cersei put a hit out on Jamie basically. So. And Tyrion, right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Um, so so we'll, we'll we'll continue to check in on the uh, scorecards as we go along. I don't think anything here was resolved in this episode. Uh, no deaths, although no, no player, no big player deaths. Uh-oh. No, no, that's right. I, I mean, I guess. I thought we would maybe know right away that Cersei was bluffing about her pregnancy, but they sort of mm. doubled down on it. And not only might she be pregnant from Jamie, but Euron is saying, I'm going to put a baby in you. Right. And she seems to like that idea. Mm. Yeah. You know, Lena Headey is such a great actress. I could not quite figure out her reaction. At first, when he said that, I thought, 
okay, maybe she is actually pregnant, but then she's got that kind of shit-eating smirk at the end. That <laughs> she now might, she's thinking she might be drinking her I, own tea. So, yeah, yeah, how can I? How can I let this guy get me you pregnant? Know, and you know, Joffrey quit. Jamie Joffrey anyway. quit acting, right? Yeah, he just he's like fuck. Nah, fuck Joffrey it. did. Yeah, the, the actual actor he quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's like, oh no, I just it wasn't interested. I didn't want to do it. It's not for me. And I was like, <laughs> bullshit. You want to stop being stopped? Hated. Yeah, <laughs> it's stopped in the streets and fucking dressed down by an average person. That could be. I got to tell you, it was nice going back to those early seasons when Joffrey was still slappable. Yeah, <laughs> Tyrion gives him a, the business a couple times. Right, yeah. Cersei, <laughs> pretty much everybody. Well, let's back way up and mention the new title sequence. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. That um, I think this is the most significant change they've made to the title sequence since the beginning. It I was mean, a complete recreation. Were they supposed yeah. to be tracking like POV white white walkers and stuff? Was it supposed because it was all on the ground? It like, starts like on the, the other side troops. of the wall and then it goes right. through the mm-hmm. hole. Like the walkers might have, and the tiles on the ground were changing. I sort of thought yeah. that was like creeping cold, yeah. the ice creeping spreading cold. The that's north. the progress that of the because the, the original title sequence the... you end at the wall, you go north, right. and then this one well, for a you're lot going of it, south, yeah. right? Like yeah. you're going from the wall to Winterfell, and I don't even did they get to King's Landing or anything? Yeah, yeah. they got to King's Landing mm-hmm. and they finished on the Iron Throne. That was the yeah. end of the, the and and animation. it always changed as the as the seasons went along and the settings changed. They'd add new elements to the title sequence, and they had to because now everybody has come together. I mean, basically, well, other than a scene or two in King's Landing, basically the whole episode takes place at Winterfell or in the north. So they had to shrink up the title sequence, but they took a whole different approach to it. Like they spent. You know, they showed you like all the levels of Winterfell. When they did the crypt, the crypt, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and when they got to King's Landing, they went down to the Dragon Crypt. Um, yeah, the, it, lots of interesting interiors. I think it, they filled the time up that they threw out by not going. I think they followed the track of the of the undead exactly, and so they're not going to show Dragonstone. They're not going to show Pike. So they had to fill in the time because the sequence is the same right. length. That's true. That's you know? true. Yeah. They had to give more detail to the limited number of settings in the episode. Yeah. But it's also just a fun perk to mix it up for fans. Great. I, I mean, I, I mentioned they, it at the beginning but uh, of our rewatch. <clears throat> having rewatched the whole season, I fast-forwarded through the credits every single time. Uh, yep, that's what I've just been doing. Skipped all the after-show just mm-hmm. onto the action. You had stuff to do. Barreled through. Yeah. yeah. Well, the after yeah, show is worth skipping always. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys. <laughs> they made the show and they don't understand what they've done. <laughs> <laughs> Neither does the guy who wrote the book. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Come on, you guys. Um, all right. Well, let's, uh, let, let's kind of chart our path through the episode and see what cool stuff happens yeah so then the the first thing that was noticeable for me was the the beauty shot the overhead shot of winterfell which i believe correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think we've seen that view of winterfell um i don't know that we've seen that of any of the settings but i thought that was a great 
We almost um, just got sort of a matte painting view of Winterfell for the first few seasons. Right. Um, it wasn't until, you know, budgets increased in later seasons that they sort of had time to elaborate on the settings of, of these epic castles. Um, you know, we didn't see River Run at all until like season six or something. Uh, you know, there's stuff that happened in the books in season one where they spend some time at River Run and all those interactions between um, uh, uh, Lady Stark and, and Jamie in the cell instead of being in a war camp, it was at River Run. And it, 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 there were things like that early on. It's just like, you should be showing these places. It's some establishing shots at least. So I'm glad that they're taking the time to luxuriate in these settings that they're going to, especially Winterfell, I guess so much of the action in this season, I gather is going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And new set pieces, the, the Winterfell, Winterfell felt different in this episode than it's appeared in the past. And yes, it's burnt to the ground before, but, I think, I think it's I think it's a brand new set. I don't I, I don't know that they're they're filming in the same location at all. I don't. I haven't maybe not. I mean, about that but. in that opening shot where the boy climbs the tree and the and you watch the armies marching. That's from the Winter Town, which also right. I was frustrated in the early bits of the show that, that we never saw. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's the it just seemed to be this lonely castle on a hill with nothing around it. So. Right. I don't know if it's sort of a retcon to show that it's just down the street from some other big buildings, but that was cool. Right, that's true, because in the like early season, like when uh, Tyrion or Theon are visiting the the brothels, you really have no idea where those brothels are in relation to the castle. Right. They're just kind of all of a sudden at a brothel, and now you can see where the winter town is, which mm-hmm. would be where the brothel is. Mm-hmm. So interesting touch. They're definitely spent their ten years between this season and last upping the uh, the uh, production quality. I think of the sets. Yeah, yeah. I think budget wise, like the, every episode this season is supposed to have a budget that parallels, you know, a major motion picture release. Some, <laughs> some. I mean, it's not necessarily. Episode by episode, but I guess if you take all the money they spent on the season, you could have funded several movies. I'm sure that in part is due to the ever increasing salaries of the players. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So they come into the courtyard of Winterfell, and um, they get sort of glowers from the people of the north. And John introduces his new queen to his sister. And they, and they all welcome her with open arms and porch. <laughs> <laughs> and Sansa is uh, appropriately sort of imperious, but cordial. Cordial-ish. Cordial-ish. Yeah. <laughs> with a side of bitchy. <laughs> Which I sort of thought after they killed off Littlefinger that her she'd lighten up a little bit. <laughs> I guess she's still... Yeah, they seem to be. I mean, they took many opportunities in this episode to ratchet up the tension between the Starks and the people of the North and the foreign army that's is this showed the, up. Is this the first time anyone that John saw mostly got a chance to give their opinion about him relinquishing his? 
yeah. his, you know, command. Indeed. And yeah, because he's, we, well, we watched earlier the final episode of the last season. He springs the news that he's bent the knee. And when he did that, nobody else knew except Danny at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, nobody has reacted to that yet. Although he may have sent a raven. I think he did send a raven because Sansa knew that before he got there that he had bent the knee. Yes. Am I right about that? Yeah. I think I'm right about that. In the last episode of last season. Yeah. She's kind of complaining about that. That seems right. It was a great beat after he was asked. You think she's... Did you bend the knee? Yeah. Be, to save your people, or did you bend the knee because that's you're in your love? girlfriend? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I, no. I, so, yeah. so that's and that's interesting. So Sansa's Sansa's newfound um, I don't know, cleverness or or ability to to think politically um, was sort of explained narratively in previous seasons but i don't really never Not, really felt like she earned that yet yeah or, yeah she, when, especially when aria says she's the smartest person i ever met i was like what since did, when yeah <laughs> didn't right, you think exactly regarding her and aria teaming up behind our backs to you know to get Littlefinger, was there an implication that it, it was sort of aria's idea or did did they ever imply that, or did we just not, not get any feel for that at all until they were doing it? I think we I, bitched about it last year. That there was <laughs> yeah. just... I think oh, it came out of what? nowhere. Yeah. Okay. This came out just all happen off screen and right. Yeah, but it, it was a great it was a great misdirection and it yeah. unfolded amazingly. I think I would but have rather seen them plotting po- behind. That's my his point: back. is that we didn't really get any demonstration that Sansa has these new skills, except for Arya's learned. testimonial this time. When yeah. just the one sentence. Maybe. Well, that again, that was last season, though. Oh, was it last season? That was no, that was this episode. episode. Arya was tells John when Arya's like, Godswood. She's, she's the smartest person I know. And John's like, well, Oh, you, that's you true. defending she does. her since when? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so. Sansa's starting to show more perception, like her knowing that John is, you know, in love with Daenerys. We bitched just by laying eyes on them at the beginning. Yeah. We bitched last, or how many, was it two seasons ago or whatever, when she came down the stairwell in that flourish with the black dress on yeah. after conferring with Littlefinger, and we're like, oh, he's going to teach her the ways. And then we bitched that for the whole next season, she didn't do anything no. good or right. smart. Yeah. She just fell into the biggest trap of them all. Yeah. And almost, she submitted but, herself to Ramsey Bolton. But then, as far as suggestion. Littlefinger, then that was brilliant, and that she's like, a real player. Though. They just raced through that, and and they. I feel like they took shortcuts in that idea to get her to that point. And I, I really, I expect if the books ever come out that there'll <laughs> be more to it. But <clears throat> I, but I, I, if we just go with their intent, it's cool to think that you know Sansa is going to be a bit of a player and have some Machiavellian moves. Although the only people around for her to manipulate are all supposed to be. Pulling right. together and helping each right, other, right, so right. It's, it only seems like it can only be counterproductive at this point. Well, she certainly saw through Tyrion's, you know, <clears throat> idiocy. Or she she wasn't an idiot like Tyrion was. She's like, 
she said she's they're going to come help and you fucking believed her like what what's wrong with you yeah. And this is we never would have seen that sort of anything before. No, exactly right. right. Exactly and, right. And he, he gave him pause and he was just like uh, he didn't say anything. But so. that that was that was a good beat, I think. That that makes sense that he he felt like he accomplished something and then all of a sudden she she pulled the rug out from under. It just him. made him realize, Oh shit, I've been a fool. Yeah. So maybe Santa's gonna go after uh Cersei in some kind of way. Mm, I mean, that could. would be that would kinda be I mean, if she is going to pull some moves, I, I would that like would that. Be, I still feel that'd be like the, the good target to go out. Arya's going to kill Cersei because Cersei's about the only one left on the her list. list. Well, if she's, but I, I feel like she sort of, I don't know, uh, tortured Sansa the most deeply sure. in a way, except for Ramsay and Littlefinger, but they're out of there. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, but... I, I don't know what narratively they accomplished by trying to position her as super clever manipulator, the kind of person who lays traps for other people. The only person left that's worth her laying a trap for is Cersei. Right. But I think the I think the newfound closeness of Arya and Sansa means that basically they're probably they both and... going to be involved in Cersei's demise. But Arya is going to be the instrument of her death i think that would mm-hmm. i i like the idea of the of her sort of using Arya as a tool right with her faces to go into king's landing and fuck didn't with she the did she give all that up though i can't remember did, Arya, she, Arya she still no, knows she has a satchel of faces right. she still does okay yeah, yeah. When's it looked like rubber masks from the halloween spirits is the last time <laughs> saw, we saw her do anything was at the um who did she? she Walder Frey. Walder yeah, Frey. Yeah, the, the twins. Yeah. Okay. So she still she still has that in her bag, huh? Yeah, because Sansa found them under, under the bed, uh, right? right? <laughs> Just where you leave stuff. <laughs> right. What are these rubber faces? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> they're not rubber. They're Nothing. real. <laughs> We've got sixteen scenes to get through. We've only gone through two. Yeah. We <laughs> so and so we have the arrival of the army and the introduction of the principal characters, and then Brian jumps in, and I felt like this was this was the first big reveal, and there wasn't any kind of dramatic emotional response that I was expecting, and that's that. Not only does Brian reveal that the walls come down, the army of the dead is on the march, but that the dragon. Is now under the control really, of the night. Really team. hurried. Really and just really yeah. hurried. Daenerys like just a split second of oh no my dragon and then gone nothing. Yeah, no she, reaction she, to she it. She should have really been emotionally. That should have hit a her a time. lot harder. And, that happened a lot this episode. Actually, we'll, we'll get to those sort of about hurried, the lack of yes. Yeah, just missed opportunities with emotional reveals. Agreed. Do you feel like every every <laughs> time to the Game of Thrones bitch cast, everybody? <laughs> every time someone spots Bran across the room and they seem really interested, I'm like, "This isn't going anywhere." You know, you, you, this isn't going to be any fun when you talk to this guy. Bran's looking super Professor Xavier from X Men in his wheelchair. Yeah. When they look He's at got him the staring. blanket on his legs and. When anyone sees him staring blankly blankly at him, they should just say, "Oh fuck." Oh, Brand's here. All right. I, what? Do you, I, I'm going to go talk to Let him. Let me go Let's avoid this kid. <laughs> he can't catch me in his wheelchair. Jesus. I'll walk away. That's not what I meant. But, but okay. Although the the one the the meeting between Bran and 
Jon Snow, I thought was pretty well done and that Jon Snow reacted to him as, you know, as you'd expect and then seemed, you know, confused by Bran's lack of emotional response. You're a man now. And he immediately walked off, too. After He's like, okay. (laughs) Weirdo. (laughs) Right. It was sort of cut off. It was super. There there were a lot of truncated edits in in this episode, too. Real quick, abrupt cuts. That looked like they should have gone on for about a half second longer. I noticed it like yeah. three or four times. Yeah, sorry, bitch, bitch, cast. <laughs> no, I agree. This this episode could have been. It was very ten staccato. Minutes, ten minutes longer would have made a lot of difference with just ten to twenty seconds. You know, extending several scenes, ten or twenty seconds would have done a lot. Sure. For this episode, meeting in hall. What's Oh, they meet in the. I can't, you have the they're worst in, handwriting. They're meeting in the, <laughs> the just the table now, with all the bannermen and yeah, everything. And, and, yeah, they have the big meeting in the Great Hall at Winterfell. Um, the young and, and Sansa's being practical. She's saying we don't have, you know, we don't have the stores to feed two armies and dragons, which is a great line that I almost blurted out in the middle of it. We saw the what do dragons eat. <laughs> Was that on everybody's tongue? Anything they want? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty obvious. <laughs> but that was and and Liana, 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 the young Mormont. The what is her nickname? The young bear? No, the I can't remember. She is a bear. The girly bear. bear. <laughs> the girly bear. Has she has has she been in the same room with Jorah yet? Have they? Oh no. I mean, oh, they would have been in because this thing. They're relatives, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. But has I Jor- forget if they Jorah returned to Daenerys at Dragonstone, and this is his first journey north. Okay. I thought after not getting a line practically in season seven, episode seven, he I it sort of looked like he wasn't going to get a line again because he was just walking with Danny, and then there was a time when he should have spoken, he didn't, and I'm like. Is he a mute now? Did I miss something? And then well, he that, that just broke right into it. Council at the Dragon Pit had every major player in the show, and Man, I guess yeah. Jorah didn't really have any dialogue to move the plot forward at that point. Sucks because so he's he's a great tongue. he's great he's really is that he's a great actor and he's yeah I, I like him a lot. I I remember being disgruntled in the early years because he he just is not as the character in the books is described this big bear of a man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, unattract, un- balding, non-charismatic, and, yeah. And Harry. Glowering. And, and Ian, um, uh, what's his name? Glenn. Ian Glenn. Glenn. Right. He, uh, he's just such a kind of noble, austere figure. Um, but you know, I've gr- accepted that this is the Jorah of the show. Well, and the Tyrion of the show, who was supposed to be a, just, a pain to look at, you know. It's like yeah. fuck. <laughs> it's still TV. Peter still gonna... Dinklage is a joy to look at. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a handsome fellow, and to listen to. Just ask Elaine Seinfeld, the wake boyfriend, wake up voice. He was the. Uh, remember how the guy? You, you, you don't know. No one knows. Uh, he, Peter, Peter Dinklage was on a Seinfeld. Peter episode? Dinklage, j- his voice, voice only. <laughs> oh. He like he was a wake up service. I don't and remember he, that. And he he had his buttery voice, and he complimented her, and she was like, you know, like she, <laughs> like she do. You can cut that, cut all that out. Anyway, all right. So, so that but that brings up the fact that that 
none none of the lords of the north or even the lords of the vale are happy at all with John's decision. So they like John. Lyanna react that way. We've seen, I forget his name, but the Lord of the Vale. Um, they're, who's a fi- now they're a fickle advisors. bunch, these northerners. Because <laughs> right. I mean, in the tail end of, of the last season, uh, you know, they, they, all, they all do King of the North and they chant, and John goes off and they're, they're pissed. And then a couple episodes later, there's a scene in the, uh, the Great Hall of Winterfell where they're like, you know, we we crowned him and he's not here, so maybe we want a queen of the north instead. Yeah. And Sansa's like, "Now, now, hold on." <laughs> <laughs> they are fickle, but this is a pretty big um, sort of move in the opposite direction for him. I mean, he, you know, they sent him off to do to represent and make sure everything went their way, and he comes back. He's like, "All right, here's what I did. Now, just bear with me. It's her now. She's not from here, but it's fine." Like, yeah. Mm. No, they, I mean, I, I get that they have reason to be uh, rankled, I guess. But do they there's, not there's see no the bigger picture? People. Do they not see the bigger picture right now? Are they really? Well, none of them have any. It's not real to a lot yeah, of people, right? Still, none of them have the experience that Jon Snow has, or that the Night's Watch has, or the Wildlings. They haven't seen, or even. The, 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 I mean, even the most of the Northerners are still just taking it on faith, their their word for it that the Army of the Dead is coming. Right. I mean, it, they all seem to be on the same page about it. But you know, if you think about it, most it's reasonable for them all to not think that's a real thing until they see it mm-hmm. firsthand. Especially because it's already the stuff of um, myth, right? Old man, it's old man, right? They're all right. fantasy right. stories they've grown up with. In that scene, Sansa dispatches the young Lord Umber to come return to his keep, uh, last last haven. Is that what they called last it? Last haven. I think it was. It was. It was the first location in the opening credit sequence and the last location of the episode. Um, so I, I thought that was just a little bit of color, you know, just to remind people the what's going on. Logistically, with the rounding everybody up and bringing them to Winterfell, but that did oh, it got colorful at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! So we talked about the scene between Sansa and Tyrion, which again a meeting, first time they've seen each other since Joffrey's wedding. <laughs> it had its high points. Had, had a nice line yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it had its moments. Um, and then we have the meeting between John and Arya. And that, I think, was significant because Arya is, again, torn. She's torn between being, like, giddy about seeing Jon Snow. And then she quickly reverts back to her calculating self where she almost threatens him to remember yeah. that Don't he's that. part of the family. Yeah. So After she, seeing her be also badass for a number of seasons in a row uh-huh. and see, not even crack a smile, right. she was like sort of giddy two or three times in this episode. It was, yeah. it was weird. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, but you know, right. humanizing. Once with Jon Snow and once when she's making eyes at Gendry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let your guard down, kid. <laughs> she, uh, at, at the beginning when the dragons arrive, it's yeah. always fun to see everyone's first reaction shot to seeing the dragons. Right. Yeah, her she's, and Sansa were both like, yeah. ooh. 
Arya yeah. seemed impressed and yeah. excited. Uh, Sansa seemed just in awe and a little worried. Yeah. Yeah. And people were running away and screaming. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be in the latter camp there. <laughs> All right. So they show each other their swords. They fail to mention that Arya has a dragon or a Valyrian, Valyrian steel. steel yeah. 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 Well, like she wasn't going to brag about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, well... Anyway, and then then we get a brief scene back in King's Landing with Cersei and Kyburn. Which, Just to reestablish that Cersei is still a raving bitch from <laughs> hell that must die soon. The first thing that crossed my mind when you see Kyburn walking along the battlements towards Cersei's, you know, little patio is it still looks sunny and nice there. But they ended the last scene in King's Landing with snow beginning to fall. Yeah. yeah. Last season. That was a little disappointed. Yeah. yeah. That's continuity wise. Good yeah. point. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a. That's a bit of a glitch there. It's like a Nebraska spring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <right>. See? <laughs> Speaking of which, it's going to be like 80 degrees tomorrow, guys. Of course it is. Mm. <laughs> All right, so nothing much else happens there, right? It's just a conversation between he, Kyber and he Cersei. He says bad news, the wall has fallen, and she's and smart. she's and happy about it. And then she, that segues right into what? Euron, Yara? Euron, no, Euron showing up with the Golden Company. Strickland. Captain, I guess, Strickland? Captain Strickland. Something. But new character we mm-hmm. don't know anything about we've never seen the golden company before they've been referenced on the show yeah. yeah yeah and she's disappointed that there are no elephants <laughs> like who can transport elephants on freaking boats well she doesn't know she just wanted to see one maybe she wants to see an olifant Timothy. yeah and then we had the <laughs> <laughs> Then we had the rather pointless scene with Euron and Yara. Just to establish where she is. Just yeah, I suppose so to establish she that she's a she's a yeah that she's not dead because Euron wants to taunt her. Taunt her, yeah, exactly. I suppose that was the point there. Um, and then was anybody too shocked that Cersei relents and invites Euron into her bed? No. Nobody was surprised. Let me just answer that for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, please. I mean, yeah. Who, who? I mean, you're on. How he's not gonna? What's he gonna do then? What's What's his plan with the the Golden Company? They're gonna land somewhere, go up, go up north a little bit. Well, I think they're because there are. Aren't they just deployed at King's Landing now, or was he gonna deposit them elsewhere? Well. I mean, supposedly parts of the other kingdoms have been conquered by Cersei. Yeah, she was saying she she doesn't want to withdraw her forces. So with them returning to the north, um, maybe she's, yeah, going to just spread her power around just to hold the south. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't really established what she's going to do with the Golden Company, but... Presumably, she'd want to go garrison um, Moat Kalen and just sort of hold the. Does she think stuff? Does she have a feeling that the bad stuff is never going to reach her, or is it as long as her enemies are wiped out first, she doesn't give a shit? 
or what what's her what do you think her mindset is her mindset is she doesn't want to give up any power she doesn't want to give any um ground she wants now that she's firmly in charge she doesn't want to turn anything over um she you know but 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 i don't know but i don't she's not thinking ahead the whole idea i mean i think jamie even tells her if they all die, then they turn into the dead and they're going to come and kill us. If they don't die, then they're going to come and kill us. Which underscores the fact that I've been holding on to for a while now that Cersei really has no power. It makes no sense that she's the queen at all because she has no power base. I mean, there really isn't... There's the... I don't know. It seems... Um, implausible to me that the Lannister army would submit to Cersei as their ruler. You know, there, there must be any number of other Lords related to the Lannister family. Well, Sir Kevin was certainly resisting her influence. And what happened to him? He blew up in the great sept. Okay. So, so that's kind of why, no, you know, but I feel like she just has a completely unrealistic view of how powerful she actually is. She just she is so arrogant that she just believes that she commands more. Well, doesn't that mean authority that, than she does? I mean, perception is reality in that sense. It's not just that. I mean, going no. back to season one when Ned thought that the gold cloaks were on his side, and Littlefinger says they'll serve whoever pays them. And now that she's successfully gotten all the gold out of um, uh, uh, from the Iron Bank, well, she paid off the Iron Bank with all the money they sacked from uh, not High Tower, what uh, High Garden, High Garden. Garden. Thank you. Um, And she's paying all these people, and so they and she did so. So she's but she's so she's now in debt to the Iron Bank again. That's true because because they established already that that uh, whatever the Lannisters' castle is that their gold mines have are uh, three years dry. Yeah, yeah. are we going right. to see Mycroft again? <laughs> <laughs> Show up first. Well, I mean, she basically told Mycroft that she was going to pay off their debt in one fell swoop, which she did. And then he's like, "Well, that's great. As soon as." The debt is paid. We'd be happy to fund your future ventures, and that's where the money for the Golden Company right, came from. Right. <laughs> the power of gold. All right, and then we have the scene with Bronn and Kyburn, which I think was probably the sets up the most important future conflict in this of of any of the scenes in King's Landing and that Cersei thinks she's going to just pay Bronn to kill her brothers. Kill her brothers. Is Bronn gonna sell his sword or not? No way. Yeah, that's I, I felt like that was one of the best moments in the episode because it's it's the perfect it sets up the perfect character arc for Bronn where he has to really decide is he truly a mercenary right. or does he care about these people that he's and he has relationships yeah. with both of the Tyr- both of the Lannister brothers at yeah. this point. Yeah, because I mean, first he started with Tyrion, and then he was kind of going around with Jaime for a while, mm-hmm. helped him train yeah. and stuff after he got his hand they cut had off. They had that little buddy cop adventure to, uh, in yeah. Dorne. Yeah, Dorne. 
And all of his conversations with Jamie over the last season were all about, you know, you you owe me a lot. You promised me this. You promised me that. You better pay up. It's kind of, kind of like teasing and playful, but at the same time, just he has to keep hitting that point that he's only doing this because he's getting paid. Uh, but at the same time, showing genuine sort of camaraderie with these people. Well, and then yeah. Kyburn says that because... Kyburn pays him. But Brant, or Bron says that... Uh, you know, I was named Lord of this or that once, and then, you know, Cersei took it away, and Kyburn says, no, that was Jamie's Jamie. doing. Right. So, mm. so it's great. I mean, he's looking at the, mm. the crossbow, and you, you know. And it's the crossbow so that Joffrey's Tyrion crossbow? used to kill. No, it was the crossbow that Tyrion used to kill Most likely. Tywin. Poetic justice. But it was probably or... Joffrey's crossbow, too. He had, oh, he has one just like so. maybe so. Maybe so. It was the crossbow that. Joffrey used to torture the yeah horse Roz <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah no that'll be you know a fun su- suspenseful thing at some point in future episodes I, I can Everybody imagine be... we'll see Bronn pointing the thing at either Tyrion or Jaime and have being uh, conflicted about whether to pull the trigger so the next we get to see Theon be be badass for once in his Yes, Life. good for Theon. I guess finally. Twice. Yeah. What do you think of? I he mean, excuse Yara. And I, she proceeds to headbutt yeah. him, yeah. and then give him a <laughs> give him a hand up. Which you know, because the last time Yara sees Theon is when he jumped off the boat yeah. when Euron was holding Yara. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and I've been doing a rewatch too, and I'm just kind of in season three, but that's when you're really at the point where you just hate Theon, right? Because before, it's right after you he, start to right after he took over Winterfell and you yeah. know yeah. killed everybody, like he's got a really up and down. He's such a journey. Drip. Yeah, and now like I mean now I'm like oh okay he's, now right. I'm back to liking Theon again kind right. of so. Well, and you never really liked him at the beginning because he was always kind of a, he was a dick, dick. But yeah. but then at least he was loyal to the Starks until they send him off to negotiate with his dad. Yep, and then he's. Then he's, you know, takes a downturn for several seasons where I, everything he does just sucks. I referred to his earlier to his ongoing quest for respect from anyone. Right. Which he just, I mean, he's such a tragic figure in that sense in the show. He just hasn't gotten a break or, you know, love from anyone. Or no, rarely no, done anything the, to deserve uh, it, really, yeah. other than just... You have empathy for all the suffering he yeah. endured at, at Ramsey's hands. So he has a lot to redeem, and it seems that he wants to go to Winterfell to do that redemption. Yes, so he has that conversation with Yara, and she basically gives him permission to go to Winterfell to help. So we're going to end up at Pike at some point, if that's where... Well, I guess kind of a safe island. Were basically. they telegraphing something there that basically let's go take that back so that they have a place to fall back to if they lose the north? Maybe that's exactly what's going to happen. Right? Could be. Could be. I mean, because I mean, Euron could be heading that way too. It would justify keeping the um, Greyjoys and the the Iron Islanders a part of the story up to this point. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you know they got rid of Dorne. Because it doesn't really won't factor cert- into the end game. Yeah, but but obviously the Greyjoys just keep coming back, and it's just like, aren't we done with these people? But they uh, 
they they still have a role to play. Well, yeah. a baby or a supposed baby with Euron and Cersei could give the Lannisters one last safe haven potential if when or when everything goes south, literally. Right. Um, and they'll have to get the fuck out of there and go to the only place left. But everything that has to do with Euron's team up with Cersei just all feels super invented for the show. I don't think they're going mm-hmm. anywhere near that uh, in the books. In, in the books, Euron has different designs, and he's he's returned from the smoking ruins of Valyria with the horn, a, a horn that can control dragons. Right. That's kind of you where know, he's going. Is that even Euron in the books? Isn't there a Victarion? Yeah. Victarion is Euron's brother, who... Uh, Yet, yet another brother of of Balin Greyjoy. Yeah. Victarion's the one who is the commander of the Iron Fleet, but Euron is the the guy who uh, is calling the shots. Okay, the crazy guy with the mute crew. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. So, so this Euron on the show is sort of a, a he's a an mix. amalgam, yeah, of the two. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we got a little redemption from Theon, or at least a path to redemption for Theon established. And then we cut back to Winterfell for some scenes that I think it's going to turn back into the bitch cast. <laughs> but first we have the um, the discussion amongst the various advisors about how are we going to get the North on the side of... Um, Daenerys. Daenerys. And one of them suggests that it's going to take a marriage. Marriage. A marriage pact. So obviously they're looking they're looking at John and Daenerys to rule the seven kingdoms together. Place your bets on that happening, gentlemen. <laughs> Don't think they'll get their chance, but they uh well, that We'll talk about that yep. a couple scenes later. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the very next. Well, no. Then we have the unfortunate, in my opinion, dragon riding. The he, dragon he, well, riding. It's just a huge missed opportunity. It was Looney Tunes, Keystone Cop shit, flirty, fun. Like if it was if it were uh, Star Trek the original series, yeah. they'd be playing those flutes. <laughs> and Spock would raise his eyebrow, and someone would say something, and then it would. Kirk would smirk. It just felt like that campy crap. And I don't know. You want to try to ride a dragon? Try to ride a dragon. See what happens. Right. It was, And it's kind of irrelevant. So in the, on the one hand, they're reestablishing the fact that the dragons have a connection to um, John Snow. Which is important. But they've already done that. Yeah, but it's an important... Barely. Think, well, and we're being reminded. We're yeah. being reminded. We were rem- reminded in the previously on. He, he sort of established I mean, a dragon. He touched a dragon <laughs> before. I guess killed. that's not as impressive as actually riding one. But I was actually 100% okay with all of that. Yeah? yeah. Okay. I mean, apart yeah, from how, how skittish John theories. looked before he got on. Well, it's just, you're <laughs> feeling guess, redemption. I think it's one of those things. That's the only part I liked. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Chuck's redemption. redemption no, John it. looking like, oh fuck, what am I going to die right oh, now? Yeah. <laughs> that part made sense. Who's going to be the Dragon Riders has been sort of a fan speculated point forever. Yeah, and I think it's obviously something they had to address at some point. Somebody was going to get on that thing, 
and who else is it going to be but John? But you don't think it was done anticlimactically? You they should have been in mortal peril, and him suddenly just be like, oh, shit, like, I got to do this. That would have been a I way to do it, but I think right. they found narrative value in using it as sort of a relationship-building thing. I mean, it, it cements that he has the Targaryen um, affinity with the dragons, and 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 then you just see her, you know, looking at him glowingly for for them being able to do this together. I suppose grudgingly, I'll admit that it does further the chemistry between John and Daenerys, which they hadn't really done yet. I mean, it was just what about the fucking. Well, but again, that but just that just, ha- that just came happened. out of nowhere. That just happened. I mean, they're, so they're, they're I, like, I feel like they cut they 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 made more of it than just you know yeah. who's going to grab the opportunity when it's life or death. I think they just got it out of the way, so it's a non-issue, and they can move ahead with the story. But they also furthered their relationship. And the thing I thought was weird about it was when they stopped and they're looking at the frozen waterfall. And they're talking about we could stay here for a thousand years. All I could think of was um, Ygritte. Ygritte, right. And the then cave. is this the same oh, cave yeah. that they were at? Because she yeah. said something like that. I, I want to go. In, I, yeah. I wish we could stay here forever. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, Daenerys was saying stuff to John that was like Ygritte dialogue. Uh-huh. And to me, he should be thinking the same thing. <laughs> right. But Ygritte who? Who? it. But that's not, that was not their intent. So it never crossed John's mind that... This is weird. All my girlfriends want to have sex in Ice waterfall caves. caves. <laughs> he, he can always go back to Agreed in real life. Yeah. <laughs> and he does. And he does. You guys read fan magazines. <laughs> Did you, you guys probably didn't watch uh, the most recent Saturday Night Live that was hosted by Kit Harrington. So there's a sketch in there. Uh, <laughs> it's about... Uh, um, it's a, this weird pageant show about ants who love their nephews. <laughs> <laughs> and, and But they didn't make any references to Game of Thrones in the sketch. But to me, the whole idea, it, it must have been inspired by, yeah, great. by John yeah. Fanning. <laughs> All right. So then, then we have the scene with Arya going down to the smith the smithy whatever so here, it's called the, all i could think of is like uh i was put off by the idea that they were smelting the dragon glass i mean i i guess dragon glass is is a is molten rock that has formed in this shale like brittle stuff right and that's why it all looks like chipped away because it's it's like this brittle stuff that when you chip it it's super sharp yeah so they shouldn't have to melt it down melt it, to reform right. it. Should, so should and, a mason and when it was be reformed, on it? When, when, when Gendry hands the hound his new axe, yeah. it's got those little chips in it, like they yeah. just chipped away at it. If, right. the, if he just forged it, it should be perfectly smooth. Right. So that was like just logically weird. Um, yeah, I mean, or else I've, I was just going to think that they were going to like edge a blade with it. You don't need to make the whole thing out of it, right? You just need... Oh, yeah, Chris! I mean, Chris looks like we have got a couple of experts over you, here. Couldn't yeah. you make that go a little longer way? If you just well, edge no, of the sword. I'll, I'll grant you the point that stone weapons were not are not forged. They're I don't know. It's not chipped. Talk I don't know the, the word. Dragon glass has different it. properties. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's not. It's they it's even not t- literally obsidian. Even, I guess they call it obsidian. 
Well, then they yeah. fucked up. <laughs> it made no sense at all. I mean, stylistically, you might forge a, a yeah, dragon it, glass right. weapon to look as if it had been uh, a stone weapon, but uh, you know, anyway, it's that was just dumb, straight up dumb. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about how ugly and stupid that axe looks, and Arya steps up and says, "You do good work." Like, what the fuck? That was just a lame flirt. And why does yeah, the hound lame just, flirt? Why does the hound want an axe anyway? I mean, he's more of a sword guy. I've never have we seen him use an axe nope. in the show. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Uh, when he was building that sept, and he was <laughs> oh, chopping yeah. all that wood. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe, well, yeah. maybe killed those guys all with that wood. Switched axe. his weapon proficiency. <laughs> Plus one. <laughs> Plus one axe. All right, so I think. Wait, we don't want to talk more about the Tyrion Gendry or Aryan the Hound and the Hound. Yeah. Oh, Aryan the Hound had a very not warm reception, (laughs) right? But they sort of just sort of another good line. You left me to die. I robbed you first. The Hound. (laughs) The Hound respects her. Yeah. 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 Somehow, you're a cold little bitch, and it just turns her walks away. Just like (laughs) that's all I gotta say. Yeah. At least he didn't call her a cunt. Yeah. He throws it around a lot. Yeah. But primarily, I think we're setting up a romantic interest between Gendry and Arya. Hasn't that always been in in the in the play? Always? I mean, she's. I don't know. I don't think so because Arya was so young. No, I know there was no actual flirting. But if you're projecting, we've got six seasons to go. These two could hook up at some point. Now, now there's only six episodes left. Yeah, I guess the first time we floated it was was a while back. Mm So, <laughs> all right, and then she wants him to make a weapon of like an arrow unknown or? design. We, we freeze framed it on Craig's phone, and it looks like a blow dart. <laughs> I mean, which it's not super clear. Is the point? Or unless of it that. is it like a rocket propel grenade, <laughs> <laughs> a dragon glass RPG. And she has a she already has a Valyrian steel dagger. What does she need a dragon glass weapon? For? Well, this thing has something that comes out of something. So yeah. it's a range, it's a ranged weapon. It's I think apparently it showed her shooting a bow and arrow in the next scenes from next week. Yeah. But, but they already have but they already have dragon glass tipped arrows. So maybe it's yeah. a special design. And maybe, what what yeah. is she plotting that she needs something special? It's not right. just I'm I'm gearing up to fight the White Walkers on the battlefield. That's if she's plotting sort of sneaky, faceless man-esque missions, then what has she got up her sleeve? It's, it's yeah, a mystery. I think it's intentionally not well, obvious. Somebody but... mentioned that they're going to need a way to kill the dragon that's been Yeah, but that shouldn't be the... her personal priority. No, and they've already revealed a special weapon to do that. That's like, it's been done. The scorpion? The scorpion, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if anybody's really afraid of the scorpion since it they got a solid hit on... Drogon and it didn't take him down. Didn't I mean, actually it, kill it. Yeah, but I think we'll probably yeah. see the scorpions again. Yeah, well, they'll probably knows? you know play most of um, Big City Nights. There you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> shit, that was a good one. So this weapon may or may not be of any actual import but yeah primarily, I, mean, I don't know what the is... scale is on it or yeah, yeah it wasn't clear what, what it is ah well we'll see yep we'll see okay what's next 
Can't be much left. Next, we have the confrontation between Sansa and John, where she questions why he bent the knee to Daenerys, which we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Shows Sansa's newfound savviness, I guess. Yeah, and suspicion. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, suspicion, but well founded. I mean, I think she's she's seen the different. She's she's accurately. Judging the motivations of others more so than in the past, which, again, is a political instinct. If you know why somebody, what is motivating somebody, whether it's an ally or an enemy, then you have leverage over them. So, again, furthering Sansa's character, showing that she really has the political chops that they claimed she had previously, but we hadn't seen any evidence of. All right, and then we get to the big um, series of reveals. Um, Danny and Jorah go in to meet Sam. Oof. And whoops, oh, by the way, I happened to kill your dad and your brother. I thought when they were talking about Randall Tarly that somehow the scene was going to go away where he was walks off and he was sort of celebratory or relieved or something. I thought he was going to have some catharsis yeah. from that. He reacted diff- differently than I thought to yeah. his and dad I know, being dead because he didn't like his dad. Yeah, I know so. it was troubled, but right. I guess still, you know, when you're under someone's oppressive thumb like that, you, you feel a loss, I suppose. Yeah, no matter how much you hate your dad, he's still yeah. your dad yeah. kind of thing. But yeah, man. And he that- hardly knows his brother. I mean, his brother was young. When Sam was sent to the wall, but he, that's he almost was old worse. To ride and hunt with his dad, yeah. So they had his a little relationship. brother, yeah. Well, and in the after, they call him his older brother in the after the episode scenes. Did you notice that? Well, that was a slip up, I guess. It had to have been because it was clearly his younger brother, right? Because yeah, because he gave before. up. His rightful exactly. Yeah, he was supposed son, to be right. there to whatever. Yeah, and he even says that Hill. when he says, "At least I can go home," and my, you know, all that. He says something about. But that means Sam's the Lord of Horn Hill now. But he took the black, so he's not. Yeah, well, he can yeah. get a pardon. This is true, or whatever. Right, there really, is, no, is there, there no night no watch? Wall yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah I guess we're the night's watch now, <laughs> <laughs> right? The wildlings, are yeah. the Night's watch. I don't know that uh, there's anything from. Preventing Sam from making a claim no, to nobody's in charge his family's there anymore. lands. But he played it well anyway. Yeah, I felt yeah. something. But he, might, I mean, he sought a pardon for stealing some books, R- right? Yeah. So and a, and a sword. And he, sees, he sees Sir Jorah again for the first time since he saved his life. Which yeah. I, I I like the setup for that scene because it's cool that Jorah and Danny wanted to thank him for, Thanks, for yeah, that, right? <clears throat> And it's a, a great ex- narrative excuse for them to have that exchange. Yeah. And then the next one. Which I had completely did, forgotten about. Right. About the the tar- Tarleys. The, the, her, yeah. her deciding to yeah. murder the Tarleys. Uh, I, I hadn't connected that to Sam. I didn't think that was going to come back, really. I mean, Tyrion right. was really troubled by it. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I thought that's all that was, all they were milking it for was just Tyrion showing his... Um, worry about the nature of what kind of queen she's going to be, but it does set, it does set up an antagonism between Sam and Danny, which gives changes Sam the yeah. way Sam delivers the news totally. to um, John. Yeah, well, he just transferred that 
that uh, antagonism to John. He turned it into a, a, a rift, a potential rift between John and Danny that John being John is going to have to address directly. Yeah. Right. If uh, once he wraps his head around the idea that he's the rightful king. Right. So, so yeah, we're blending but, these. Do, he runs right into Bran after this, right? He walks out yes. the door and oh, yeah. Bran's like, come on, it's time. You got to, you got to tell him. No. And Bran says, uh, uh, you know, what are you doing out here? Or, and he says, I'm oh, waiting yeah. for an old friend. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, in the moment I thought, Right. Oh, so Sam is your old friend, but you're making him go tell John the the heavy news <laughs> because you can't get your wheelchair down into the crypt or something. But but obviously <laughs> that was something else coming. And then so John's then down by Ned Ned's. He's down you know, in the crypt, lighting some candles. And Sam's s- trying to hide or not go down there and tell him and tripping around. I feel it was a good scene. I f- I wondered how this would come up in the story, and you know we had the scene where Bran and Sam compare notes and they realize this is the case, but I still kind of felt but, like maybe no, it would be an unspoken thing that neither of them would see any value in springing it on John because it's in. But the way they sort of set everything up with Danny's arrival and everyone's apprehension about it, and then and then Sam having this antagonistic reason to kind of throw it in John's face, uh, you know, he, I mean, Bran told him to do it, but then he had this other reason to really question, you know, maybe you, you know, obviously Sam wants him to step up into the role to stop Danny, who he has reason to think is potentially an unjust queen uh so and 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 there's that perfect line where he says you know you gave up your crown to save your people would she and so i there's real conflict there that's who knows how that's going to play out so so john didn't want to believe sam didn't want partially didn't want to tell him he told him john didn't want to believe he's going to believe but let's let's play this out though. So we did we discuss the what's the actual order of succession to the crown in terms of does John or does Danny have a greater John, claim? John to the is Rhaegar, the prince's son. Son. The bad king died. Rhaegar was the rightful king, and Danny Rhaegar is Rhaegar's sister. sister. Right. Mm-hmm. So the son of the king is. But he was never the, the king. Yeah. He was he's Aegon, right? When the Mad he King died. Or he was, was dead he, before was the dead Mad on, King was dead killed. on the Battle of the... Yes, the Battle of the Trident. Battle of the Rhaegar Trident was immediately before the Mad King was killed by right. the Kingslayer. Right. Okay, well, he was the heir at that point. Mm-hmm. So when he died, then, I guess temporarily, the Mad King... I suppose King's... John was alive at that point. We just didn't know he was a Targaryen. Because if if John had not been alive at that point, then Danny would immediately have been in the line of royal succession as well, the sister. Danny's older brother was at that point, right? Serious, but there were no other Sirius. siblings, and so she would have been next in line to be the ruler of the Seven Kings. I, I don't know. I I I guess. The son, but of I think the prince might trump the sister. Did the annulment have the annulment was in the mix? Yeah, the annulment was in the mix 
so that that he wasn't a bastard. Yeah. So yeah. he's a true. That just means he was a true-born son of the prince, right? And he was he was alive at that point. Yeah. Before was so was he alive before the Mad King was killed? The uh, the Tower of Joy where yeah. he was born. Does that happen before that Ares con- is at, killed? At that point, the Kingsguard are there protecting her at Rhaegar's command. They were still serving the Targaryen. Right. At that point. Right. So so John would have been alive, which meant that he probably does have the a more direct claim to the throne. Maybe you know, John and Daniel hash this all out next week and we'll in bed. Because right. <laughs> I mean <laughs> it's well, like, that's yeah. the easy answer. She can still be queen and John can be king alongside her if they just get married, which is really what everybody wants apparently. Gonna be an awkward conversation. I mean, it's like uh, Prince, Prince William and Prince Harry. I mean, Prince Harry's never gonna be king. It's gonna go to what Prince Charles next for a little bit, and then once he dies, it's what, always next the el- week. It's always the Charles eldest. It's always the eldest son, and then the eldest son's children if they have a boy, right? So, well, the question is, if yeah. Charles had a sibling, would they go? Would it go to them before it would go to Charles's children? I don't no, think so. No, if Charles has children already, then it would go to Charles's children before it would go to Charles's sibling. As it will with the Targaryens. We assume. Or, yeah. Which yeah, so yeah. So I think I'm satisfied now with Sam's contention that John is actually the true king. But I, I yeah, I don't know. I, this is another thing I don't think is going to play out like this in the books. But they're they're making a lot out of it for the show, so that's cool. And I, I mean, they they got that out of the way, and they got the Dragon Rider thing out of the way in this episode, so they can just get on with the action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do we see next? All right. So then next we flash to Tormund and Beric Dondarrion wandering through some castle that. Last Haven? I guess. Where I don't the, know how they got I, there I or the why kid, they're there in they the They were running place. from the wall. I suppose they're just running from the Army of the Dead yeah. Yeah. in the first well, castle. Actually, well, I guess they're chasing after them because the Army of the Dead's oh, already passed. That's where they right. Are. Yeah. Okay. So then they get to Last Haven, which is the territorial or the. The Umber. The, the seat of House the Umber. The seat of yeah. House Umber. And they find the young Lord Umber. Spiked to the wall with the design, and then we get <laughs> the first ever Game of Thrones jump scare scene, <laughs> which I'm not sure I, I could have done without. And I, I was more scared by Mary's reaction here <laughs> in the living room than by the actual scene in the television show. <laughs> <coughs> But it was actually a jump scare trope, yeah. and I don't mm-hmm. think they've ever used a cliche horror trope like a jump scare in this show before. I'm trying to think. I really don't think they have. You can't blame them for using it once. They waited oh, yes, know, 60 can. episodes before they pulled one out. This is a bitch cast. I'm going to blame them. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> But so the point of this whole scene is to reunite um, Tormund 
with the remnants of the Night's Watch. Lovable. And bring Dolores Ed. Dolores Ed back in, which, thank you, Dolores Ed's still around. He's got blue he's eyes. Been, I've always, I've had, always blue had blue eyes. eyes. <laughs> and Dolores Ed and Tormund greet each other with, like brothers, a far more just straight up happy sure. to see you yeah. than hardly anybody gave us in this episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, I mean, Ed, you know, is squarely on Jon Snow's, in Jon Snow's perspective, that the wildlings pretty much saved their bacon when, what's his name, the asshole Night's Watch guy. Mance Raider? No, 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 no. The uh, Sir Alistair Thorne. Sir Alistair yeah. Thorne, right. Right. So, so Ed definitely has a soft spot for the wildlings at this point. And he's they've worked well together. He's he's behind he's behind the wildlings being the new Night's Watch, I'm sure. So that makes sense. I'm not really sure what the point of that scene was, though. Other just than show that they're on the they're on the, the make, the they're moving. Yeah, move. remind yeah. us that they're alive and they're going to rejoin the fight They're as soon as they bound. can. Yeah. And that the. The the army of the dead is doing creepy stuff with body parts. <laughs> <laughs> Just to remind which you, which we haven't yeah. seen for a long time, which yeah. we haven't seen for a long time. But it's been that shape. All a we've times. known, it's been that shape, and we saw the rocks in that shape at the fist of the first men. The horses, yeah, yeah. And, and, well, and the horses, horses. That was like first episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Well, there's another. Yeah, at the fist of the first men in season three. Then. Oh, yeah. That's right. They kill. It's it's all horses though. Yeah, there's yeah. no. They kill the horses and put them. There was no design. dead crows. Right, right, right. We saw some of that stuff in Brand's visions too, uh, and maybe even and on the wall on Dragonstone, yep. we saw those that oh, yeah. in the little in that cave where yep. they found the dragon glass. Hmm. Which we still, we really don't know what that, what that means. means at all. All right, play us out with that last scene. And then the last scene, Jamie arrives at Winterfell. And Bran's sitting there looking at him. So clearly Bran, the old friend Bran was waiting to see was Jamie. The last mm-hmm. time he saw Jamie, he was Pushing him out the window of the tower. <laughs> season and if one. you look close, you saw Brad, Brand mouth at the very end. What's up, homie? <laughs> <laughs> and then he did the little <laughs> bump to the chest. <laughs> Jamie looked genuinely fucking scared. Like, <gasps> yeah, yeah. Which that was a, that was be. good. Yeah, because this is and this is Jamie's character arc has been one of the longest redemption arcs in the series. Yeah. It's taken a yeah. long time yeah. to redeem the And Bran's not going to out him. Lannister. That's the thing. I don't think Bran's going to tell anybody. Jam- yeah. Jam- Bran has no reason to. But he's, he's definitely going to drop some mind shit on him. Yeah. He's <laughs> he's going to... He's going to tell him he's got some sort of purpose or something. Well, we saw the previews from next week where Jamie is... On trial, on trial, or something in the Great Hall. Oh well, then I guess then I guess he does. Well, I mean, or but, someone but Daenerys someone was, was something else. It was more about being the Kingslayer, right? Because he killed Danny's grandpa. Uh, right? Yeah, they mentioned that. Father. Or father. Fa- hasn't that hasn't, father, hasn't the statue yes. yeah, statue father. of limitations expired on that yet? 
I don't no. know. It's and been a she while. She knows her father no. was like crazy and evil. Yeah. So she's accepted that her father deserved to die for his crimes. Sit on all yeah. that wildfire. Was ready to tor- blow it up. Burn them. Burn them all. Burn them all. But nobody walks away happy after a conversation with Brand. So, <laughs> and I don't think most people even know what they got themselves into. But I, if you wonder, I mean, Jamie should be filled with dread because here's a kid that he tried to murder. Right. But Brand's not Brand anymore. Brand's over it. And Jamie's not the same person anymore either. He's right. taken the exact opposite arc. And like Brand, the, Brand knows. But he's still pushed Season him out one, of window. Cersei and Jamie are the same damn person. They're both. Evil, self-centered, you know, jerks, jerks, and and Cersei becomes more evil and manipulative throughout the entire series. Jamie and gro- grows a conscience. Jamie grows he's disgusted a by her actions now. He's just like he yeah. is. Cool, right? And and he had been growing that way more and more, culminating in her him leaving. Yep. And and riding north mm-hmm. in you know, against her express command. So I don't know that we'll see. So do we think Jamie's gonna get the get the shaft? No, he's gonna get to he, fight alongside all the heroes. Is he gonna get forgiven? He's by, gonna join the, the gang. Okay. He's gonna become a white. <laughs> <laughs> Is it on your sheet? Is that on your sheet? So <laughs> my criteria for that was I checked every box going to become a white except for people that I thought would look like goofy whites. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just decided whether they would live or die. I think that's not a bad theory. Are, I mean, are we going to see Hodor come back as a white in the Army of the I Dead? I don't oh, think so. That would be... They could. That would really pull on the... Audience heartstrings. I read some rough. stuff about what old characters who are dead and are we gonna like? Are we gonna see? Hmm. Uh, There's that lady, Coldheart, chieftain at Mormont, at at, at Hardhome, the the lady who sort of the fighter chick, one of the one of the few who oh, yeah, yeah. chooses to align with John and put her kids on the boats to get out of there, and that she she factored big in that one episode. They sort of built her up. And then you see her turn into a white right. at that moment. Right. But I don't think it's been too long. Nobody's going to remember who she is. And that reminds me of another thing. When Quiburn first introduces, when after Cersei does her walk of shame and she returns to the Red Keep, Quiburn introduces oh, yes, the, the latest member of, of the Kingsguard, Sir Robert Strong. That's they re they they rebranded, you know, the, the mountain, mountain, the mountain right. as this other person. Because everyone saw the mountain die, but they sort of. But ever since up. then, they just started calling him Sir Sir, Sir Gregor again. Yeah. So I think I think that was just kind of like this is just going to confuse people. Let's just forget about the Robert Strong business. Maybe <laughs> with the Clegane Bowl pending, they had to get back to real names. Well, I mean, Maybe. the Hound knows that it's his brother, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But I think in, in the books, they're still trying to pass him off as a different person, right? Anyway, mm-hmm. just, just no, that's that's Robert Strong. You don't <laughs> do they? No, did they? Did they mention him in the series as Sir Robert Strong? Yeah, just in that moment, just that right at the beginning. And yeah. Since then, they abandoned it. They've, right. I think you're right. I think they ch- decided that that would just be confusing, and yeah. pointless, and maybe they're right. <laughs> 
So, parting thoughts? Parting shots. I'm glad it's back. Me too. Yep. Yeah. Happy to see it. A little bit disappointed in aspects of the of the first episode. Um, but there was some good stuff, too. And to a certain extent, the first episode of the season is always a little slow. It's been a while for them, up. too. I yeah. mean, it's, it's been a... Yeah. I don't know when they started principal photography for the season, but there must have been some sort of break, a good break in there. Yeah. It breaks along the way. The last episode that we saw was in September or late August of 2017. Right. So. And what did you say about the, the battle of Winterfell? Yeah. So I read an article in entertainment weekly about how brutal the filming conditions were. And I think it the, took like three months. Yeah, and they were doing it at night, and it was cold, and the actors were all like literally passing out and you know getting frostbite, and it was just brutal. And they were filming the um, a battle scene in the snow in the night, and it's apparently, and I don't know which episode it's in, but apparently they believe it to be the longest continuous battle scene ever committed to film. And that it exceeds so the 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 longest scene of that type that they could find in their research was the siege of Helm's Deep from the two towers, which was forty plus minutes. Forty plus minutes is one whole episode just going to be a battle, scene. like from the minute from the clapper to it, the it's snapper. It sounds like it's <laughs> yeah, and it sounds like it it beats it by quite a ways. So Fuck. it could by be like twenty minutes or something. An and I think scene, that's going to be episode three episode. this season. Yeah, I think in the scenes, the preview at the end, you see Tyrion. I think looking out with dread over the wall of Winterfell. Right. So I think they're gonna. Get through some some more kind of, play, uh, you know, set dressing or whatever. Um, so are we thinking then that this whole battle with the army of the dead is going to be wrapped up by mid-season, and then their second half of the season is going to be the conflict with Cersei? No, I think I think the foreshadowing of them retreating back to the Iron Islands is going to be a thing. Oh. So I think they will lose so the So they're going to lose Winterfell. Which means my thing when I checked, Winterfell will Winterfell be destroyed? Maybe I lost that one. Although, <laughs> I... if they give Winterfell the same treatment they gave Last Haven, it's just a bunch of broken furniture. So right. <laughs> it ought to be alright. It already burned once. I mean, right. Still standing. I, I said neither of them would be destroyed. I don't think either of the places are going to be raised. I have Winterfell being destroyed. I have King's Landing on it. Good luck. Well, we'll just have to wait and see, fellas. Yep. <laughs> alright, that's it for now. We'll see you in a week. <laughs>